0: our first in-person podcast after four years Um, so I have this thing let's see it's called questions for strangers Um, I started making it because I wanted to do um, I wanted to uh, meet people randomly so I I created this poster and it says "Um, sit down and do a five minute podcast with me and I'll buy you a coffee and it's like a poster like this big and um, I bring it to with me to a coffee shop and I do random podcasts with people and it's actually really cool. It's, it's, re- it's a social experiment that I have um, where I want to see how quickly I can um, connect with people that I've never met before. Like how long does it take for me to connect with somebody that I've never met before And so it's kind of this social experiment to where I sit down with them and I ask them their name and where they're from, some basic questions, and I say, okay, I got a list. And this is the podcast of Questions with Julie, where I ask (laughs) you the same questions that I would ask these people, but I already know you. Well, kinda. I mean, I've known you for like a decade, so I kinda know you. Um, And I wanna ask you these questions because these questions are really interesting. Well, they're interesting to me. and they're all over the place. Um, I think I actually asked you one of these questions via text one time, oh, and you responded, not fair. The question <laughs> was, you have to pick: um, have $25 million, but you're the most unattractive person alive, to the point that plastic surgery cannot even fix it. Um, B, you are the most attractive person on earth, but you're just dumb as rocks. Or C, You've accomplished all your dreams and goals by 60, but as soon as you turn 60, you develop Alzheimer's and you live till you're 100, not able to remember even who you are or all of the accomplishments that you achieved for the last 40 years of your life. Which one would you pick? So $25 million, be the most attractive person, but you're dumb. The $25 million that you're super unattractive to where you can't even fix it. Or you accomplish all your dreams, but then you forget everything for the last I did answer this,
1: and I said that I would be the 6 year old that accomplished all my dreams and didn't <laughs> remember it. I think Only you... because I decided to not be as vain as I actually feel on the inside, which is that I want to pick the middle one, which is where I the am. The most attractive? The most attractive, and I'm dumb as a box of rocks. But <laughs> I guess if I don't realize I'm dumb as a box of rocks, like we're okay.
0: So I, but
1: I could not, I could not decide to take twenty five million dollars. I think I'm the, gonna take the twenty
0: five mil and be the most ugly person in the world because you know, you know that song, um you know I'm fine, but the money makes me handsomer. Da-da-da. It's the new TikTok song. It came I out. It's I it's don't like it's some. so good. I don't know, I'm sure that everyone knows what that song is. But then you know um, that
1: people only like you for your money. Yeah, well, and I suppose being dumb as a box of yeah. rocks, people only like me for my looks. <laughs>
0: But I guess I they're not people, using
1: me because if I, I it's I'm not like I'm giving used, them something.
0: I'm, I'd rather be used. You can call me daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, you can take the 20. I think in, even in the song he goes, I'm 5'6", but the money makes me 6'5". <laughs> <laughs> <Would you, laughs> I stick oh. with my answer. I do the third. Yeah? So you'd accomplish everything and then forget it for. Well, you
1: wouldn't realize you forgot it because you forgot it.
0: I know, but that's sad.
1: No, because you forgot it.
0: Don't get your hands out of the way.
1: Okay. No, my hands are not in the way. They're just, <laughs> they're perfect.
0: <laughs> they, your hands are a a, uh, um, a a guard between you and the reality of the podcast. You're like,
1: no, It's not the reality of the podcast. It's you're the talking, microphone in front of my face.
0: <laughs> okay, so we have 19 questions here minus one.
1: We're not doing all 19.
0: Um, uh, we will do, it's 10 o'clock exactly on the dot. And... Uh, bedtime is precisely 11 so which which one do you want to go first I'm gonna let you pick random and choose or do you want to go in order sequential your choice what do you want to do Julie Lynn
1: Um, we can go random
0: random okay pick a number between 1 and 19 not including 14 six six okay what what negative personality trait or red flag do you wish that you could stop or change
1: People-pleasing
0: for yourself. Hmm? Yeah. What about you as people pleasing?
1: Oh, I mean, we've known each other for decades, so you know <laughs> that it's literally everything. Yeah. All of it. I mean, I think it's a great hindrance cause I care so much about what everybody else thinks that I think it stops me from doing what's important to me. Interesting. So now you have to answer the question, right? That's how it works.
0: Oh, is that, are we doing that?
1: Yeah, that is how it works. You, or, it's rapid fire. We're it's rapid fire. fire. Oh,
0: okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, well, in response to you, I, it's so weird because you, you say like people pleaser, um, as like a because the question was a red flag trait or a negative personality trait, and and I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even know what it's like to live in a world. Of worrying about pleasing people because I'm so far on the opposite end of that spectrum that I'm like well you know (laughs) if they're not pleased well so be it (laughs) which is it's so weird because I I watch you like take up arms for your family for your uh, your sister and the new child uh, that is in the picture and how you just like are basically a the best aunt in the world to that, to that little kid. And you always make meals for people and you're always showing up for people. And you just like, you take on that trait, which I think part of you loves it. Right.
1: I mean, yes, but I also think it can be you based on how the question was posed.
0: What negative trait?
1: Negative trait, because it's like an extreme, like I'm not like, I'm going to people please, but also boundaries for myself. I'm often like, I'm going to do this and get four hours of sleep or sacrifice my relationships or you know what I mean like I just I put pleasing the people that I love above other things that are important
0: Hmm. Uh, my negative personality trait would be man I don't know what would you say it is
1: no, that's not the question. I,
0: I know, but I I almost no. If to... you
1: met a stranger at a coffee shop, you could not ask them that question. So you oh, have to answer that okay, question. Okay,
0: okay, you got me. There. It was just. I thought it would be fun for to see no, what you. It wouldn't be fun. What because do you, you think my red flag, flag is? You didn't answer for me. <laughs> you want me to? Okay. No,
1: I don't. I want you to rapid fire.
0: Rapid fire. This isn't rapid fire. What are you talking about? No,
1: this is, we just met in a coffee shop.
0: We j- Oh, we just met in a. We coffee shop. We just met in a
1: coffee shop, and so therefore I don't know. When's yesterday. your birthday?
0: Girl who had just met in the coffee shop?
1: No, answer, th- answer the, the fucking question, question. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Um, negative personality trait. Um, I become obsessed w- with what I love. And sometimes that is to my detriment. Um, whether that be in human form or in project form, or sometimes both. Uh, especially when the thing that I love. Happens to be a human, and my brain wants to turn them into a project. That's when things get really red flaggy.
1: Mm, Yeah, I've seen that in your life. You have seen that? Yeah, I have.
0: And so um, I have a lot of uh, precautionary measures that are now in place to help me navigate that from not happening. And uh, like a lot of measures that I take in order to um, ensure that people remain autonomous. Mm, Because that's important to me.
1: So, like, do you think that this checklist works? Because I feel like... We're on rapid-fire
0: like questions here, Julia Lynn.
1: <laughs> if you do a checklist...
0: No, it's not a checklist. It's, it's like... It um, doesn't work.
1: Checklists don't work with humans. No, I,
0: I'm not a checklist kind of guy. Um, I'm more of a... Uh, I just approach, I approach relationships of all kinds differently now. Um, to where I first guard myself from ever entering that state of mind and then I quickly guard that person and their autonomy like almost equally as important because that's, I mean, it's important to remain, to have your autonomy is so, so vitally important. And I think that a part of my, my, a lot of the safety mechanisms that I grew up with, Um, a lot of the survival skills that my brain lateraled to helped me create projects in order to survive. And then in avoiding love and all those things, I ended up creating projects out of people. And so now I create projects out of projects and keep them as I try to (laughs) keep that divide as important as possible. Um, Uh, so it's not a checklist it's just like you're human and first and foremost and if I care about you then I'm gonna keep you that way
1: okay Mike then I met in a coffee shop
0: I know we just got really deep okay next next number what do you got
1: no it's your turn to pick
0: no 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 I ask you other questions okay hold on I don't know the questions
1: that's a lie but no no
0: I don't I don't know the questions um number five what does it say
1: what is infinity So I think you can leave the laptop like this and we'll just promise to be good humans.
0: Okay. Here I'm gonna put it right here. It's gonna be really loud for a second. There it is. Okay. Okay. What is infinity? Oh. Um God my, my uh my book writing brain right now goes into like a thousand uh different uh directions, but I would probably say uh infinity is our our inability to express what we fully cannot understand in language that is limited. That is what infinity is.
1: Okay. Well, we have very different answers, Mark, (laughs) that I just met in a coffee shop.
0: (laughs) What is your answer for what is infinity?
1: An undefined amount of time, space, or unit. So, like...
0: Okay, Webster's Dictionary. (laughs) No, but I mean,
1: really, like you think about it and somebody's like, oh, I love you times infinity. Infinity
0: plus one.
1: Plus one, whatever. They're just trying to say that they're going to love you for some undetermined amount of time. The limit does not exist. The limit doesn't exist. And so I understand that that's Webster's Dictionary, but that's really how I see it because I think the words infinity is applicable in lots of different places, but I think it always is like an undefinable amount of measure
0: our little tiny human brains can't understand what the word infinity is so when we when we say the word like what is infinity and we start to describe it it's using our limited language that we have like our understanding is limited because our language is limited and then we project that limited understanding onto something that is so vastly complex and huge that we can't even begin to fathom what infinity is so when we say it's undefined, like an unset limit, we really have no complex or construct on what that is. It's so far beyond our understanding. You pick. I, I picked. picked the number. I know 11. Yeah, 11?
1: And no, I did not read it or look.
0: Ooh, who is the most important person in your life right now? Hmm.
1: I don't like this question. Why? Because I believe that every human needs a village. And I think that the villages are important because I don't think there's one person that can fill A, B, C, D, E, F, G, X, Y, Z, blah, blah. So, therefore, to me, there is no most important one person. I think you have, and you actually refer to it as your core people, but I refer to it as my village. But, like, I have my village, and they all have an equally important place and so I'm not willing to do injustice to any's anybody's spot in my village by saying that one person is more important because that's not how life works from the way I operate. Are
0: you, are you concerned that your village is gonna listen and they're gonna be like,
1: I thought I was the favorite person. No, I'm not I'm just blind. this isn't people pleasing. But like no I'm not concerned.
0: <laughs> so much as
1: like I know that if I were on the listening end of one of theirs and I understand that they were in a position to pick, I would be very understanding of such feeling. But at the same time, I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think.
0: Hmm. Do you think that you are number one most important person in somebody else's life? No. No?
1: No, I'm way too bratty for that.
0: (laughs) You are a brat.
1: Nobody likes me that
0: much. I, I think you'd be surprised. Um,
1: so no, I don't think it exists.
0: I'd say probably the most important person in my life was would it would probably be split between my two sisters. Um, they've been a rock in my life for the past year. Yeah, my dad, yeah. which is so cheesy. I, I, I everyone's just like my family is so close, but it's I got the, I think it's a little different coming from me. Like I didn't. I was raised like we were close family growing up, like when we were young, but like through high school and through college, we weren't close. And like we don't have like I like to be honest with you, I'm, I see you in your gatherings and I'm like jealous of your family because we don't have family gatherings. We don't have like family Christmas. We don't have family Thanksgiving. Like those things don't exist.
1: So your grandma never says Twaddlingus,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or no. Twat, and then your dad doesn't follow up with twatlingas?
0: Twatlingas, no. Okay. That does not happen. I mean, like, I don't even have a... Um, I mean, I think... Um, the Grandma, and my mom, and my dad's side has both passed. And my dad mm-hmm. had a few different moms, like a mom and a stepmom, and then, like, another mom and a biological mom. It's hard to keep up. Um, he had many different moms that raised him. Um, so like, I don't even have an active grandma in my life. I never really did. Or a grandpa. So... Mm-hmm. I'm like jealous when I see your family. So when I'm like, yeah, my sisters are like the most important people, like that person is like two people or three people, my dad. It's like, a that's like a big step because that wasn't the story forever, so. Yeah. It's different. And I know,
1: like I definitely acknowledge like on different holidays that I'm very lucky and blessed to have yeah. the close family unit I have and we're not perfect, right? Like. It's not perfect.
0: Well, it was one of the reasons why I loved being married um, to Jew, just because her family, like, it, it, well, an argument could be made that there is, you know, like, a lot of um, instability and um, unhealthy things going on in, in her family. But, man, her family is, like, they are, they, like, tooth and nail, got each other's back, and they always hang out. They always gather every birthday, every holiday, and like I loved that because I never had that.
1: Did you love Uh, it when it was happening, or do you love it in hindsight?
0: No, I uh, I loved that it was happening. There were times like we gathered and I didn't enjoy it, um, for one reason or another. Um, But like the fact that the family unit was so strong was something that I just so deeply desired, because I just I always saw. Like how much joy in in other people's. It was always yeah. a projection, right? I always saw how much joy other people had in there in their family, and I never had that. So um, then her family is like, "Yeah, we're gonna gather 27 times this year." You know, it was, there was always a gathering, and I I loved that. I loved that they did it. Um, not always loved the gathering itself, but I loved that they did it.
1: I mean, my sister would probably do a plant-based barbecue for Earth Day if we asked her to, like. <laughs> um we (laughs) were just like oh it's a Tuesday do we all want to get together and drink some mimosas like um and I love that I'm very very lucky and you know um my parents just retired and I made the trip back because my mom worked so hard because she was a single mom and because she spent all of her time providing for us and so now as grown-ups she's one of our best friends and I think that there was a lot of hard work that went on behind the scenes in order to create the dynamic that we have now. And I think that my mom was really, really intentional about it. Like, mm. I will have this family dynamic and I will do this hard work now knowing that in 10 years it's going to look like X. Mm. And then I'll even say, like, if my sisters and I have never have gone through bouts of not getting along, my mom is always the one that's like, no, you will get along. <laughs> because I think she just has this And it's really beautiful, but she's worked really hard for us to have this, like, really, really great dynamic. And she's like, nothing will break that. Hmm. Nothing will.
0: My mom mom used to make us hold hands when we were mad at each other. I mean, we had to
1: do wild stuff when we (laughs) were mad at each other, but as kids. But, I mean, as adults, it's a very different dynamic to navigate as a parent of adult children of, Mm. like, making sure that their relationship's always repaired, because, like, we surely haven't always gotten along, um, although we have for the most part, but, like, I do feel like my mom does this, like, little, like, fairy godmother meddling, where she's, like, (laughs) ooh, this sister's upset with the sister, and so she'll, like, come sprinkle some fairy dust, and by that I mean she'll ask some, like, very leading questions to get you to realize that you shouldn't actually be mad at your sibling. (laughs) In order to preserve, like... The family Sundays that we have, which is yeah. always, like, a very beautiful thing that she does. But because you brought up Juji's family, like, I will say Lexi. Um, mm-hmm.
0: PJ's. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: PJ's wife. I'm pretty sure if I murdered somebody and I called somebody to bury a dead body, yeah. <laughs> Lexi would freaking show up. Like,
0: she'd show up.
1: She'd be like, sure, the flight's only $100. Like, Vend me $100 and I'll, be there and I'll bury the dead body in three hours. And
0: PJ, I, PJ would make a movie about it to
1: be great 100% and then PJ would make fun of my small hands and that would also happen in that movie because that's pretty sure what PJ remembers about me is that I have very tiny hands mm-hmm. and that my hands like could not fit all the way on their doorknob at their house in Lansing <laughs> and it just became like this joke and I mean I do wear children's as gloves and I understand that but mm. I don't know if that's all the thing we, we remember about me is that my tiny hands are really tiny <laughs>
0: That and they they get cold really easy they do
1: but that aside that aside family family wait is it your turn to pick a number or mine
0: it is it's my turn okay uh three did you read it no are you lying to me no
1: what is the <laughs> I love the drill the drill did you read it are you lying to me oh yeah you know you're <laughs> drilling me what's the single most important thing to making a relationship with somebody work
0: oh geez. um The single most important thing to making a relationship work? Red wine and tater tots. Oh, that's two things. (laughs) It's when you dip the tater in the red wine. No, ew, gross. Well, it gets a little, it gets the wine salty, which is Mm, good. mm, And it gets the tater whiny, which is also good. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, I think we first have to define, is it successful? The single most important
1: thing to make a relationship with someone
0: work. I think you both have to want it to work. I mean, um, it's funny because I... I Is that the
1: single most important thing is that you both want it? No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm not answering the question yet. No, no, no. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because like uh, me and Jude were married for three years. We were together for five. And uh, obviously we got a divorce. And some people would look at that as a failed marriage but I actually view our marriage as successful. Um, which is funny because like how do you define what is successful and what is not? I mean, if people are married for 40 years, but they've been miserable for 35 and they just stick with it their entire time because they, that's what they do. Like you just, you know, you, you wake up every day and you, you have to be married, you know, you, it's what you do. I mean like, is that a successful marriage? Like, is, is that like what defines success in a relationship? And I think it's, if you honestly love the person, regardless of the time frame, and so like I think of, I think of my time with Juge, This is so funny. The second time she's brought up in this one. Um, it's I, probably because it's me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ties there, but we're talking about some uh, some stuff that dates back as well. Yeah. Um, and she's a big, you know, part of my life. Um, big part of my story. And, you know, I consider my time, I consider our relationship, our marriage a complete success. And that was because we were sold on on each other as much as I could be at the time. And, um, you know, I had no idea at the time if it was gonna make it or it wasn't enough, and it, but that didn't matter. It was, it was that she was the choice. She was, that was it. Like we gave it our best shot and it lasted for a while and then it didn't. And, um, you know, a lot of people like to define like, Something is successful because it's a long time. And I don't think that's how love is defined. I don't think that's how successful. Or if, you know, a relationship is going to work. I don't think that's how it's defined. Just because something is working doesn't mean it's healthy. So I almost want to rewrite that.
1: You don't get to right now. You have to answer it as is. So you've told me what you define as successful in a relationship. But this we need to this know one just What's says, the single most important thing to making a relationship with somebody work?
0: No, just, just grind it out. If you want to make it work, grind it out. If you want to make it successful and you want to make it um, meaningful and long, like have that really healthy love, um, I think you just need to have like an abandonment, like an element of just like saying, fuck it. I have no idea if this is going to work. I have no idea what the next three months or three years is going to come. But – this person is the person I wanna share these memories with. Like I wanna do life with this person. like Just kind of like a little bit of an abandonment there, saying, if it's not, fuck yes, then it's a fuck no, and with this person, it's fuck yes. That's-
1: I have always said that about relationships. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. There you go. That has always been my phrase about dating.
0: Well, there you go. So that's what I say. Now, what do you say? What's the most important thing? Trust. Trust?
1: Because I think in order to go with the fuck yes or the fuck no, you have to be able to trust the person. Like, Mm. podcast for another day. But I will say, like, I've begun to make smarter choices in my dating life. And it's mostly because the people that I choose to say fuck yes to are the people that I trust. And they trust me. And that trust is innate and that to me is like maybe it's not the most exciting relationship of my life, but
0: what metric more What's the metric you use in order to determine if you trust the person? Like how do you determine if you trust that? Like what's the metric you use in order to measure that? My gut. Your gut.
1: However, Sometimes my gut really likes
0: <clears throat> pizza.
1: No, I actually use ice cream.
0: Ice cream. T- my tots and wine.
1: All the all the men I date go on like an ice cream.
0: Oh, lime. interesting. Okay. So. Like, oh, this is gonna bring up a whole new series of questions. Know, Can, continue, please. So
1: but, so I label them. So like, okay. So if you go to the south side of Chicago, there's this thing called the Rainbow Cone. And they were in one it. It's a place. It, well, it started as a place, but it's a thing. That's a thing. Okay, so it's eight different flavors in one. And it's eight flavors. Oh, shit. oh this is Hold like
0: on. a cone that you order.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's also the name of the place. Oh okay, okay. I gotcha, okay. I gotcha. But it's like eight flavors that would not taste good together if you just dreamed it up all on your own. But the rainbow cone is delicious.
0: Really? Okay. So they've mashed so
1: it. So it. it's like pistachio chocolate strawberry orange sherbet what and it's amazing like you go to Chicago you 1000% should find yourself a authentic rainbow cone which you might not be able to do without going to the south side which is okay take yourself there (laughs) be careful but anyways I love me some south South side rainbow cone
0: south side rainbow cone so
1: apply this to dating there's a bunch of different flavors in there and one cone. It's from the south side, so it's like a little sketchy. <laughs> I love me some Southside Rainbow Cone. But I don't trust that Southside Rainbow Cone. <laughs> okay? So. Then I tried dating like Briars <clears throat> Rocky Road, which is like <laughs> grocery store brand Rocky Road. Ice cream. I love
0: where this is going. This is so okay.
1: Okay. Cool. And then I've dated like bougie Italian restaurant vanilla gelato, which damn that tastes good every time you taste it. I don't even know. And what you can trust where that, where that's going, <laughs> but can you eat bougie vanilla gelato every night of your life? And so I, you I, have to I, figure I, out. I don't know.
0: Can you? Some people can.
1: You have to figure out what ice cream flavor is for you. Oh shit! And find the person that is, like.
0: Have you do, had, you do you
1: want Hudsonville?
0: Have you had Halo Top?
1: I have, but I, that's not even real ice cream. We're talking real fucking dairy ice cream <laughs> right now. Like for me, I need to find my sea salt caramel because it
0: is, sea salt caramel sea
1: salt caramel is that's the same every time.
0: My favorite flavor.
1: I have a specific brand that I like, which I will not disclose on this podcast because that's cheating in dating world. Because somebody could listen to this and just really? like, oh, if they show, show up with your with it, brand, and then that's bullshit. How about
0: you say it and I'll bleep it out? <laughs> no, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Oh, you don't trust me? My my editing skills? No,
1: I'm just saying like it's the same bite every time, it and really I can is. trust it. So this brings me back to the answer to my question, like. It's got to be something you trust, and the mm. rainbow cone is eight different flavors, and so you might it might not be layered appropriately, it might not taste the same every single time, but it's good. But you got this element of surprise there. Yeah, you do. And then you might get bored with some rocky road, or you might get bored with some really nice gelato. So you got to like find what works.
0: Sea salt caramel is amazing. Well, it's, I understand it it's, is. Amazing. It's arguably one of my favorites too. Might However,
1: be. you got to know there is a. You should go and find what your favorite brand of sea salt caramel because they're not all the same. Some of them have like chocolate chunks, and some of them have like braids of caramel through it. And then some of them have actual salt bits in it. Like they're all different, so you got to figure out which one.
0: I I call them uh, veins, veins of caramel. Um, That's a geology term. (laughs) Um, When this is over, you, you need to whisper. What this is.
1: I cannot disclose it that,
0: so that way I mean, I, I want to try what your favorite is. I mean, this is a selfish thing. Um,
1: no, I need you to try it all. See, I, I need you to do your own research. Like, you well, don't get to cheat.
0: Well, I, I want to know what you think is the best. I mean, I'll come up with my own. Regardless. Well, then come up with
1: your own, and then we can decide.
0: Goodness gracious, you're...
1: Difficult. This is why I'm not anybody's most important person.
0: <laughs> you don't know if you're mine or not. I'm ready. Um, your turn. Hold on. I, I haven't answered the question yet. Yeah, you did. Um, not about ice cream.
1: Um. We didn't, that's not a real question. I didn't even ask you a question about ice cream. You're going to listen to this podcast back and be like, she did not ask me a question. I simply wanted to give an answer. Well, I remember. And I decided that I was ago. going to punt this. Like, Julie asked me a question. I did not. I did not actually ask her Well, you started anything. talking
0: about ice cream. It's one of my favorite so, topics. Go ahead. Well, you, ask yourself you a said, question mark. You said your favorite is sea salt caramel every time. And it's funny because like you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, ab- ab- absolutely every time. But earlier tonight, we were even talking about how I like to like purchase a new car like every nine to 12 months because it like satisfies that need to change something in my life without like mortally destroying foundational pillars in my life yes. like, with relationships or with where I live. So I sell everything I own and move across the country. Well, I also do this with ice cream flavors. I have found this that like I'll be on a kick and I'll, and I'll be on that kick, like this is my favorite flavor and I will buy it religiously for a long time, six to nine months and then out of the blue, hard switch. And it'll go from like sea salt caramel and all of a sudden one day I am buying mint chocolate chip and it is my favorite, favorite kind. So I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna tie this back <laughs> to what I said also at the bar earlier.
0: Oh no, here we go.
1: Okay, here we go. So this question was about relationships. Oh yeah. And so I tied it to ice cream and yes. I said that I could eat sea salt caramel every day. You That's could. my favorite. You could. And then Mark said I have to switch because <laughs> so that way I, I, I don't so I'm not of, destructive. And I
0: I like the feeling of new and exciting things it, in my
1: life. He likes new and exciting things. And just for the record on this podcast at the bar. This conversation came up, and I said, "And that's why you cannot be monogamous." And everybody at the table laughed. <laughs> and Mark's even laughing now, because as I posed ice cream in conjunction with relationships, you then said, "I want to be very clear here." You then said, "I cannot not have one ice cream." for more than 6 to 9 months.
0: I was and married. So, I was together with huge for 5 years. I've done long term. Okay,
1: just cuz you did
0: it doesn't mean you're doing it. Like mm. I, I it's, see like, we were talking about like monogamy or polygamy and uh, or polyandry. Who um, was
1: talking about that? Did I miss it at the table? Did yeah, I switch well, to my own gluten-free pizza at that no, point? No, when
0: you said monogamy <laughs> all of a sudden, I mean we are talking about all of it all at the same time. Um and I believe I said
1: I think it was at the other end of the table, sorry. When I it comes
0: this. to polygamy, you were sitting right next to
1: I know, but sometimes my ears weren't on.
0: Oh, no, who's not listening? Um, we Listen. When, when Our w- end of the table we must have talking, been discussing yeah, something different. Yeah, that's right. Um, when you're talking about polygamy, you're like, um, this is why you, you're not a monogamist or something like that. And I said, well, there's something. My belief and my practice are different. I don't I was I don't necessarily I there believe in monogamy. But, but you I'm, practice but it. But I'm, rel- I'm like a serial monogamist. But that means I that try. you're not happy being... Oh, no, I'm t- totally happy. That's not about happiness. It's about like but you body. don't believe in it. Evolutionarily, no, not at all. It's a it's a biological thing. It's not, a, it's not like a moral or ethical thing.
1: <laughs> I wish that this podcast could show my face right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to snap a picture real quick. No, <laughs> it's do going not. to be. Okay, is it it's your turn. Pick, pick a number. Um right,
1: please 19. Remember.
0: 19, the last one. Uh what's the mo- Oh. That's a heavy one. What's the most painful thing you've ever been told?
1: Boop. <laughs> I will keep that noise in. <laughs> do not take a picture right now. I will actually murder you. Is that your one second?
0: That's my one second for the day. What's the most painful thing you've ever been told? That's a heavy, heavy question.
1: I remember one time Joel and I left church, and he told me, you lack depth.
0: Oh, man.
1: We were going to the church that was right by Grand Traverse Pie Company in downtown Lansing. We shifted there after we stopped going to Journey. And they were talking about sacrifices for Jesus. And like we left and we were like sacrificing the lamb, sacrificing your own child for Jesus, right? Like and that that great debate. And I remember we were talking about it. In the car on the way home. And he was just like He always said that if I touched him in church, it was because like I need reassurance and some of me did need reassurance. Like I was married to a pastor. Like I was married to somebody who knew a fuck ton more than I did. And so to keep up in conversation was difficult at times. And I don't think we ever leveled that, right? Like looking at it now, if I was dating somebody and I was trying to talk to them about education I 1,000% level myself with them and knowing that I know so much more than they know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it wasn't ever leveled out. It was just like I expected that I could keep up. And I remember that day, like, I didn't know enough, I definitely didn't know enough scripture about what they were talking about. Mm. And yeah, he was like, this is why you touch me in church. You just, you need reassurance because you lack depth. Mm. I mean, there's lots of shitty things, said <laughs> but that one was definitely the most painful thing I've been told is that I lack depth. Because mm. you like try to be a human that's multi dimensional, right? Like you try to be somebody who can empathize and Which sympathize is- and, and have the ability to be apathetic, right? Like you want the ability to do all three, you want to know. We need to draw a boundary and be empathetic and you want to have the ability to empathize and sympathize as long as you can with other humans.
0: Well, it's funny because I've referenced you before and I think on more than one occasion, I have in these words said, uh, Julie Lynn is somebody of depth and density, which is interesting because that's how, how, it's one of the ways I reference you because that's how I view you, that's how I see you. Some of, of incredible depth and density. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could have just been. Which like, is
0: funny because I don't think you've. I mean, you have grown. Absolutely grown. But I don't think Joel saw you in, in the light of who you are.
1: Well, I think we see people, and I'm not defending him. I wouldn't.
0: We see people as we are.
1: Yeah. And so I think from where he stood, that's. The best you could see
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are, so that would make sense. If he saw you without depth, then he is the one without depth. And
1: so in comparison.
0: That's interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Wait, my turn to answer.
0: Uh, A couple of girlfriends ago, uh, I was getting ready for a big move, and... She got really mad at me, and she said, um, "When you leave, no one's gonna remember you." Oh shit! That's horrible. Yeah, that one's that one stuck with me.
1: Do you still speak to this person? No. Okay, when things oh, goodness gracious. No, I
0: haven't spoken to her in years.
1: Okay, well now I know who it is. So great. Right? No, one, <laughs>
0: that one's a that one was a rough one.
1: Yeah, that's rough. That's horrible.
0: Yeah. I forgave her, of course. Because well, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a wildly interesting conversation. Okay, it's Because the dynamic is so strange. It's so weird. Uh, um, uh, 18.
1: Did you cheat and read
0: this one already? No, 100%. I'm not cheating at all. Thank you for drilling me uh, again. But no, I did not.
1: Don't worry. You can play this podcast and I'll ask you 15 times.
0: I'm going to I'm gonna copy-paste that before every single time you ask me. Perfect. Just for fun.
1: <laughs> How many people do you think will show up to your funeral?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, if I died right now, um, I'm 50, 30. My close friends. I think you'd be there probably. 50 50 on that one.
1: Does it fit my schedule?
0: Yeah, you know, if if you have a marathon that weekend, it probably wouldn't show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what
1: do we have going on?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't want it to be anything big. We all die. We do. No. Uh, I believe it was Epictetus that said death is life's greatest achievement. See, it's the thing that we all achieve. Only one time. Unless you're like Jesus or something. <laughs> oh no, he only died once.
1: He only died once.
0: He lived twice. Yeah. So it's not YOLO for him, it's He is supposed to YOLO-t. rise again though. <laughs> What's that?
1: He is supposed to rise again though.
0: He did, right? Didn't he? Thought no, he did. Yeah. No, but yeah, he he rose. He is I don't know. It's not
1: the reckoning. It starts with an R, though.
0: What? <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: like Jesus. The resurrection? To... No, it's not resurrection. There's like another R. The
0: reconciliation?
1: It. No, it's the like the returning for what... of Christ when He's coming back.
0: Oh, are, are you going to Google this right quick? Yes. Because when I, what you know. what is it called when Jesus is coming back from heaven to rescue us all from damnation?
1: No, it's. It's also not ratchet, but my (laughs) head (laughs) is. It's stuck
0: on the word ratchet, isn't it? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about.
1: Jesus returning. Yeah. The second coming.
0: Yeah, the second coming of Christ, right. I mean, it's funny because he came Mm -hmm. once and then he died and then he rose, which would have been the second coming of Christ. So is this the third third coming of Christ? I swear
1: there was a different name that they used for it.
0: I mean, it might come to me, but... When I was raised in church, I feel like I would know what I mean. I
1: know, me too.
0: Nothing is coming to my brain. And
1: I feel like <laughs> Joel talked about
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not Reggie, but it starts with an R. <laughs> Reckoning. Uh, I'm gonna think of it sometime. Go ahead, we can move on.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is it your turn? Yeah, it's your turn.
1: Or to pick a number? Yep. 12.
0: 12. Um, If you could go back and tell your 8-year-old self anything, what would it be?
1: You're not fat.
0: What would you tell your 15-year-old self? Probably the same thing.
1: Oh. That your red cheeks are not because you're embarrassed. You have rosacea, bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for that Reynolds later in your life.
1: Yeah. And then... Are we going to go for, like, another age group?
0: No, it's just 8 and 15, because that's what's on the questions. Um, Your turn. If I were to tell my 8-year-old self anything, I would say keep a journal through through California, because that was my age group when I was in Cali, and that, I'm definitely old enough to remember. Like, 8's old enough to remember. I don't remember anything. There's mm. There's too much trauma and my, my brain just blocked out everything. I have like a handful of blip memories that kind of seem like a, like like you remember those old um, viewfinder red things yeah. with the yeah. little, <laughs> yep, you put the little disc in and you pull the thing. That's what it kind of feels like. What They're not even like playable memories. It's like a still frame in my mind. Like the first place we lived on Silverado Circle, remember the name of the place, Silverado Circle, and we had a pool back. But I, I, don't, I, I couldn't even give you the layout of the house. Like, I have no idea what that house looked like. I know there was a fireplace maybe. Um, the second place we lived on Taft Street, and that was at the bottom of a huge hill. Also couldn't tell you what our house looked like. I couldn't even tell you the color of it. And I mean, I was like eight or nine years old. Um, I, we went to the beach a bunch of times. We went to Redwood Forest, uh, went to Monterey Bay. All of these names stick with me. Went to Mount Diablo. All these names stick in my head, but I don't have like active memories of any of that. Like it's all gone. It's all Hmm. washed away because of trauma. And I wish I would have kept a journal because journals have a way of triggering where the memories live in your brain. Um, Explicit and implicit memories are stored differently. And if you can write something down that your brain is trying to block, you can access the memory again. And so if you can read something and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, it's like, you're recreating the pathway to where that memory lives and then the memory can live from that point on a lot better. And so I wish I would have kept a journal from when I was young. Okay. Um, 15 year old self, Pfft, shit. I had it together at 15. I was wearing Janko jeans. Oh, goodness. I had a chain, I was rollerblading. Girls could not stop lining up for me. Oh, man, I had pleather, coats, choker, chains. <laughs> I had a center part in my hair. Oh, gosh. Um, I would have told myself, when life breaks your heart, don't stop writing music. Okay. That's what I would have told myself. You
1: wouldn't tell yourself to make out with more girls.
0: I oh there was no chance of that. I was at full throttle and I had like two under my belt before I was eighteen. <laughs> well, not the prettiest high schooler. All right, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna go with seven.
1: What do you like most about yourself?
0: Mm Tough question for an eight my Um What do I like most about myself? Um, I'll answer it in current tense, because I like different things about myself at different times in my life. And right now, I'm, I like the most about myself that I am allowing my brain to go to places, um, especially through writing this book. My brain goes to weird places, and I entertain those thoughts, and it's I feel like it's diversifying and creating a more complex neural map in my brain, and making, it's like stretching my ability to think, and I like that about myself. I'm allowing it to happen. I think before I wouldn't allow that to happen, but now I am. I know it's a weird answer, but that's, that's what I like about it's myself. It's not a weird answer. What do you, like, what, do you what do you like about yourself?
1: That I'm a people pleaser.
0: <laughs> you like the thing that's your red your flag yeah okay
1: comes full circle
0: it is full circle like
1: you're not gonna let me finish
0: oh you're not done continue nope. please no I'm
1: done now go ahead
0: <laughs> that's your people pleaser <laughs> please continue Mm-mm, I'm done. You're done well it's your turn to pick a pick a number so go ahead
1: we're just gonna sit here silently for the next 16 minutes okay that's fine because you cut me off
0: are you gonna be okay no what is that noise it's your butthole. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. What is that? Are you making that noise?
1: No. What is somebody was robbing your home right now? How crazy would that be?
0: What? What was that noise? I heard it twice. I did too. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm like really creeped out. Putting this back on, oh god, no! I'm really fucking creeped out. because oh, you can't tell where it's coming from with these earphones on at all. Like I can't. There's this no. This is s-
1: why I was highly discouraging headphones.
0: No, you have to wear the headphones. Okay, pick a number. What's your number?
1: You're not <laughs> reading the numbers. <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> so you I are. Pick so many.
0: What do you got? Which one? Which uh, one? Which one do you want me to ask you?
1: Oh, that's tough. Which one? Number
0: 10? No. I didn't read the one. Which one did you... Which one did you... Uh,
1: I'll do any of them. I'll see you pick at this point.
0: Uh, what do you want to be remembered for?
1: People-pleasing.
0: Stop. <laughs> Stop.
1: <laughs> no. Um, being kind and uh, simultaneously non-judgmental. I think that those two... Um, go hand in hand in situations and so I do do not think that's I think that they are partners Mm -hmm. and that I think as I've gone through the years and experienced life and realized that it's not black and white and there is so much gray and that Mm -hmm. we are spoon fed this like very black and white world of this is what you should look like, this is how you should act, this is how X, Y, Z. And I think a lot of it doesn't acknowledge the unpredictabilities of the world Mm. and the life we live and everything from temptations, um, and I don't just mean that In relationships I mean that in every different capacity but that in moments of like selfishness and internal struggle that I just think black and white doesn't address like we're humans and we can fall into moments of having a fight-or-flight response of being selfish where we at being the people that we thought that we were and mm-hmm. so for me I would like to be remembered as greeting the people I love in those kind of moments as kind and non-judgmental mm-hmm. as realizing that I've lived in the gray even if I'm not currently in the gray like oh, thank goodness be, you know Because I'll probably find myself back there again. I don't believe that anybody is like exempt from the gray or over the gray or whatever. But uh, living in the gray really sucks.
0: Well, life is gray. I know, but I mean, like
1: I think, I think there's moments when you're really in the gray. And it's a, the, it's
0: a spectrum sometimes it leans exactly. to one way Exactly. And
1: so I think that there are moments I believe I agree with you that life is great. That's what I was saying is that like we were raised to believe it was black and white. And yeah. It is great. But I think sometimes it's you're really in there. <laughs>
0: um
1: and I think when you're really in there you really need somebody who is like Oh, and here Judy's going to come up again, but her and I had this thing Um, And I think this is where this part of my personality originated from and has since grown and developed into its own version for me. So we used to tell each other, um, because we we obviously got divorced at the same time, and she was very much like my single confidant Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And when you're going through something as traumatic as a divorce, you just... For lack of a better way of saying it, you got a lot of crazy. You got to work through. Like mm-hmm. you just, it's trauma. It's all these things that you could actually put medical terms to. But there's so much of it. I'm just gonna call it crazy. Like there is just like, and you have nights where you just like can't sleep, have all these thoughts. And Juji and I used to say that we would meet each other out on the crazy
0: ledge, mm-hmm.
1: and we would just text each other. I'm on the crazy ledge. And we would respond with. I'm there, I'm holding your hand. And if we had the the ability, we would actually physically go and hold each other's hand. Mm-hmm. Like I remember me going to Juji's and Juji's coming to my house. Like post divorce when we were living in our own spaces, just mm-hmm. like it's midnight and you're on the crazy ledge and I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna physically hold your hand because I have the the space in my world to physically. But if not, it was like a very emotional, I'm here, you do not have to jump off the crazy ledge. You can step back and you can talk to me on the phone for hours on end and I will smell you crazy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But that being said, I think that's what started this whole, like, I want to be kind and non-judgmental. And I feel like as I've found my friends in situations that to other people might be very black and white, right and wrong. I'm very much like, the world is gray, life is gray, and I'm going to stand here on the ledge that you are on and meet you with kindness and non-judgmental because I think that in order to come out of that very, you know what I mean, the heavy gray, and to come back to a place where you're pretty comfortable with life's ups and downs, you need somebody that's like, you are good, and you are not bad. And I love you today in your mess, and I will love you tomorrow when you're not in a mess, right? It's mm-hmm. not actually tomorrow, because messes take a lot of to clean up than that. But I think that that moment, I know when I was in a place of having a mess, that's the thing I needed, was somebody to say, like, I see you, I love you, And I don't judge you. I don't, no matter what you've done right, no matter what you've done wrong in this situation, I see you as a human. I love you as a human. And I'm going to sit here with you in this situation and I can listen to you and I will be kind and I'll give you the feedback that you articulate that you need. Or if we're close enough, it might be a position where like, I can guess that you need because there's definitely moments where we guess what other people need Hmm. if we're close enough, if you're that close. But, yeah, to me, I think I would just want to be remembered as like always being kind and meeting people where they are Hmm. without judgment.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Why do you keep saying? "hmm"?
0: That's good. That's a really good answer.
1: Hmm. Top me. Your turn. I'm kidding, it's not a competition. Don't try to have me. (laughs) You can't.
0: I just want to be remembered for my book. Okay. I want to be remembered for somebody who is, um, who shows up relentlessly. Like when it's hard. Mm. When it's painful even. You show up. Yeah. I mean, accompanying that there's a thousand things, you know, somebody who is kind and loving and generous and compassionate and all the things. But in order to be those things, you first have to show up. And sometimes showing up is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone shows up when it's easy. But I want to be remembered for the person that showed up when it wasn't. That's it. The rest will take care of itself.
1: I mean, life takes care of itself. Time.
0: Auto correctiveness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to conclude episode okay. one of Questions with Julie.
1: No, it's Questions with Strangers. <laughs>
0: questions with str- I've already done a lot of Questions with Strangers. I had a really interesting girl named Sophie. Um, she'll be on the first episode of questions with strangers i'm trying to get like because it's really fast they're really fast episodes i want to get like 10 people all in one episode and so it's like bam 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 it's really it's really cool concept i haven't had enough time in the field to do it yet i haven't got enough strangers so it's coming first episode's coming Uh, it'll be a it'll just it's just interesting because you get people from all parts of life you know
1: Superficially, if you notice, that it became tanner, literally, as we were sitting here together.
0: I'm like, you why is
1: this part of me so dark?
0: Uh, it is. Your melanin is changing shades in front of our mm-hmm. eyes.
1: Like magic.
0: I know. All right, well, thanks, Jules. Thanks. for. Do you want to do one more, or are we done? It is, uh, we are approaching a, a one hour almost exactly on the dot. I know, I see that. Do you want to do one more, and then we'll go?
1: Yeah, have you seen the movie Saw?
0: Yeah, of course I have.
1: Yes, so right. okay. have
0: It's spectacular. But see, the reason I actually have that question in there is because the complex implications that are behind the storyline of what Saw is is so much more than just a horror
1: movie.
0: 100%. That's why I love it.
1: Okay, so I will be honest, I cannot rewatch it mostly because like my mother didn't really have a good filter of like this is appropriate to show my children this is inappropriate to show my children like we watched The Shining and Silence of the Lambs as a kid and our work rec- oh children oh jeez and then every time and so if you remember Saw had like multiple installments but uh-huh. also from Saw came like other movies like yeah. The Girl Who Climbed Out of the TV
0: the Ring. the Ring I think The Ring came out before that but yeah I, I think whatever the
1: order is yeah my mom loves scary movies. So I think her long-term plan was like, if I scare them as kids.
0: Then they'll be terrified for the rest of their life. <laughs> they'll be less scared when they're
1: old enough to join me in the movie theater. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's funny. But I saw The Ring in theater. Oh, that gosh. bitch climbed out of a TV at me in a movie theater. Oh, that's... Saw. I, I saw. the bear. The bear claw. Let oh, me tell you, gosh. it's very different on a big screen. It is strikingly different because i've also seen it one other time and i've been like i can't watch these movies anymore i can't i understand the social implications i think it's a pretty cool concept like you're a shitty person and now you have to get your way out of this like
0: it's an interesting concept
1: interesting like it really
0: really is you
1: might die if you don't figure out this puzzle i get it Yeah. like i like it i get it
0: come to terms with the sins that of the choices oh. you've made. I really like the concept. Oh, it's, it's great. Interesting. Okay. I never want it to happen to me. I watched The Ring on like a little 19-inch old regular TV, like those induct, those induction tube TVs with, you know, the, the curved glass in the front. And that movie terrified me. So th- I can't your experience. Imagine watching that in a, in a movie theater.
1: And I'm younger than you.
0: Oh my gosh! That so way. think about
1: what age you were when you watched that. Oh, I was in high school. I watched it before school. you were able to watch it on the TV because it was in theaters, yeah, and I, you watched it on the TV.
0: Yeah. So I, and I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't. I was in high school. I remember watching it with Nate, um, my best friend at the time. I remember watching it with Nate. Um, so I mean, the, it, it had to have been like the year. 2000 maybe 2001 is when it came out i mean now i'm really curious i don't i'll i mean how how old would you have been in 2001 like eight no nah, i don't know what year you were born i don't even know how old you are i graduated in 2005 89 right so you'd have been but i mean i 11. really think
1: that i was like in eighth grade when it was realistic yeah so you're
0: years. like 11 12 years old yeah i just yeah that sounds about right i mean but that's like Bless my mother's house. I mean, like, you're you're just old enough to understand, like, reality, and that could play into a a realm of your reality at 12 years old. Okay,
1: speaking of which, remember when I called you on the phone freaking out because I had spiders?
0: A spider. I do remember that. It was as big as your whole body, right? It was a a human-sized spider.
1: let's not talk about it because I'm going to dream about it, but...
0: My mom made me
1: watch Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. I still remember the scene in the barn.
0: that? The barn scene? Or the the basement scene? Okay,
1: actually, we can't talk about it because I'm going to think about it too much. I'm just saying my mom made me watch these movies, and I think they significantly played into my fear. And so, have you ever seen the movie Saw? Like, if you meet strangers at a coffee shop and they say no, I think you should send them to my mother, and she should have a boot camp.
0: About for Horror movies. Horror movies. (laughs)
1: Because she finds them to be funny, and so I think that oh, she man. thought that we would think that they were all funny. I don't think she anticipated any of us were gonna have fear. And I have debilitating.
0: You do have debilitating arachnophobia. Yeah. You really do. I mean, well, like. Well, no, I, I mean, I take like care of. Like some people, yes, but kind of not really. Like some people are like they're like I don't like spiders. If I saw a spider on the wall, I'd be like, eh, you know. I
1: did vacuum my home for like.
0: Yes, like you, you vacuumed the spider and then called me because you didn't know what to do and you were afraid the spider was going to live It was eggs. going to live
1: and crawl out. <laughs> and lay eggs I in just, my ears. I don't think
0: I've ever met anyone with that, that type of fear. It's really funny. And
1: so then I, I mean, I did clean my whole home in order to like kill it.
0: To get them all out, you right. I'm sure it worked. I'm sure they're all gone.
1: No, now I think I have spiders.
0: Everywhere eggs
1: in, in my ears. Yeah, because that. now we talked about this. So maybe we delete that question.
0: No, I no, like it, it's perfect. Alright, let's wrap okay. it up.
1: This is podcast.
0: bye everybody.